daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Eat women, eat girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray, founder of the She Angel Investors and also co-founder of She Angels Foundation. Of course, these are both designed to fund women. And today, our guest is all about helping and funding women entrepreneurs. She actually founded the uh, Women's Entrepreneurship Day. Please welcome Wendy Diamond. Hi, Wendy. How are you? Hey, great to be here. Thank you so much. Woohoo! Woohoo! Straight from New York. You're in New York. I'm in LA. Oh, so, yeah. In Miami right now, but yeah, I usually am in New York, but in Miami this week. Well, so I am going to talk to you about. Uh, you know, you you have ten best-selling books. You have spoken at the United Nations, at Harvard, all over the world. Uh, you have chapters of your organization all over the world to help empower women and help wipe wipe out poverty. And I want to talk all about that. But I always like to get you know the background of my guests so we know how did you get from where you began, which you just shared with me, was you were born in Ohio to yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. now being in New York, Miami, and, and around the world with your organization. So let's talk about that. You, you were born in Ohio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small little town, uh, 2,500 people uh, called Chagrin Falls, Ohio, like a beautiful little town with waterfalls and, you know, we you know, had a lot of animals. Yep. It sounds awesome. Oh, that's why you're a big animal lover. A hundred percent. I grew up yes. with dogs, horses, bunnies, like everything. I love that. I and love yeah. that. You know, the funny thing is they say everybody's leaving the cities to go to the small towns now. So uh, the, the small towns are becoming big cities. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll never, I mean, I just feel like the biggest kid in the candy land in New York City. I just love it. Every oh. day I learn. Even now, it just, you know, I feel like, I think right now is a great time. It's become more affordable, more creative types can come in and it's going to become like the New York that, you know, it, you know, that it used to be. I know. I know. It was so unaffordable. And then uh, a lot of people left. And now because they left, like it gives a new opportunity for a fresh new group of innovative people to descend upon it. Yeah. I I love New York. I lived there for five years. It was a dream come true to live there. Um, It's an amazing city. So full of innovation and, and energy. I just love it. And I'm so glad that all of the cities and small towns are bouncing back now. Um, tell me, okay, you're a small town girl. How do you end up in New York and, and these major cities? How, what's your, what's your path to all of this? Well, so growing up in Ohio, um, I was, you know, very fortunate, um, at a young age to deal with some difficulties, right? I always look at everything's a positive in life. Like you learn something. And so when I was young, I, you know, I grew up in a, a small town, um, at that time, my parents uh, went through some troubles. Uh, my mother was uh, mentally not, you know, well. And so when I was growing up, 
a little bit of my life fell apart. Let's just put it that way. And so I had to have two jobs and go to high school, but I had cool jobs. So it wasn't that bad. I, you know, I worked for the biggest uh, music uh, promotion, uh, concert promoter. And I worked at uh, my uncle's club, which was a big uh, club where they had like a lot of big events and stuff. And I was a ballet parker. And so I did that, you know, during high school, but so I couldn't really focus at school. So I had really bad grades, right? Because I was just, my whole life fell apart. I had to work, survive. And so, you know, when I graduated, um, you know, my aunt called me, she lived in San Francisco and she's like, where are you going to college? And I was like, I don't think I could go to college. I couldn't get in anywhere because I had the worst grades. And she said, you know, you've got to go to college. I'm going to figure it out. And like a couple of weeks later, we were talking and she said, I found this really amazing school that will accept you. And you should totally, I will take care of your college just pay for your spending money and your books and, you know, we'll figure it out. And you just go to college, take four years, figure out your life. And so that's what happened. I ended up finding this little school in Boston, Massachusetts. Well, it was in Chestnut Hill. And it was an old finishing school turned four-year liberal arts school for women. And it was called Pine Manor College. And a lot of like, you know, really prominent women went there. Like Wallace Annenberg went there. Oh my gosh. And like Rafferty, the woman that ran the Metropolitan Museum of Art went there. Like a lot of really interesting people went there back in the day, right? Yes. And so when I got there, literally most of the school was international students. And so I literally knew this woman who's, you know, like father was president of Indonesia and like, royal family members from like Saudi and all these kind of interesting women were at this school, right? So I just thought like where I grew up, Chagrin Falls, Ohio was like the greatest place ever, right? Then all of a sudden I meet people from Turkey and Indonesia. I'm like, wait, I didn't even know these countries existed. And so it really propelled me to learn about life and about the world. And so from that, I ended up um, moving to Istanbul, Turkey after college. Um, with my, with one of my boyfriends, and then from there, I decided to launch my first business because I, you know, I was working the entire time in college. I had two jobs. I, you know, I don't drink. I still don't really drink, and I don't do anything. And I'm just kind of a nerd. I just want to work and learn and like all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I so I when I went to Turkey, I, you know, didn't speak Turkish, so I couldn't really live there, and I didn't want to be with him for the rest of my life. So I ended up starting a business in Russia, and that was my first business when I was 23, and I. Um, I knew some people that manufactured Armani and stuff like that in Turkey, and I visited them and I ended up reconnecting with somebody I went to college with from Russia, and we decided to start a business bringing uh, designer clothing to Russia. And that was like in 95, 96, you know, it was during the time when really Russia was just opening up, right? And so I would go to Italy and Turkey and I'd buy 10 cents on the dollar, I'd buy all the clothes and I would ship it to Russia in 20 foot containers, SGS inspected, and I started a whole business there with this person from Russia. Um, I did that for about a year and a half. I did pretty well, not knowing what, you know, about money and things like that. I did pretty well, but I felt kind of guilty because you can take a girl out of the country but you can't take the country out of the girl. I'm still that like really, you know, humble, nice, normal. I feel like I'm normal, uh, but normal to me, um, you know, person. And it just seeing that, you know, the, the, the um, you know, the, just the women lining up for bread and just like the, the problems that were going on in Russia at that time, it was just really hard for me. And so what happened was I just decided, you know, I'm going to give this up 
and I'm going to go to, I want to move back to the United States. And really, where was I going to go? I just lived in Boston. I just lived in Europe, you know? And so I was like, where am I going to go? And uh, one of my sisters was living in New York. So I decided to go to New York and that's how I ended up in New York. Oh my gosh, that is quite the story. I mean, you know, story. usually no, I'll say, how did you get from Ohio to New York? And it's boring. <laughs> that is that is an amazing story. I mean, you were just born with chutzpah. That's the bottom line. I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, so I mean, when I graduated from college, I sent out 300 resumes and nobody responded. Oh I couldn't get God. a job. And so that's why I just, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've never had a, like a real job. You know, and you really do have to have that fortitude to be an entrepreneur, right? Because, you know, as great as it is, as rewarding as it is, it's hard and it's challenging, but it's so worth it, right? And I love- Yeah, I look back and I'm like, I just feel like, you know, I just talking to someone today and I was like, wow, I just feel like the luckiest person. I get to work on such amazing projects helping the world that it's just a gift. Well, that's an incredible story. Uh, thanks for sharing it because uh, I'm sure there's some women out there thinking, oh, I have this great idea to, you know, uh, get in the clothing business or whatever. And you're, that's, just, that's an incredible story. I love well, you know, what happened. I mean, everything I've done. So what happened, you know, I'll, you know, I'll kind of go into the trajectory of where I am today, you know? And so when I got to New York, you know, it's a big city and oh my gosh. And, you know, I literally just friended a, a homeless person that was always at the um, Plaza Hotel. And every day he'd ask me for money. And I'm like, hey, I just saw like, you know, McDonald's, his job's opening. And he's like, I made more money sitting here asking for money than I would ever make at McDonald's. Oh and I was like, God. and that made me think, and that's where I ended up volunteering for the Coalition for the Homeless. And I went on their van for like six months. I would go and feed a thousand people per week on the van. And I would go and I would literally, you know, get the biggest grin on my face because it was just, you know, you'd give this people like a ham sandwich. I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat that. But a ham sandwich and a milk and an apple and the, and the, the, the smiles on their faces and the gratitude was better than anything, you know. And then I would go home and shake a shower and be out with my friends at like a cool restaurant or a cool club or whatever. And I'd be like, God, if they knew what I just did today, right? And that's what inspired me to then like help homeless people. And that's when I went and I did two cookbooks with all the celebrities like Madonna and everybody. And I did their favorite recipes called a musical feast. And I was on Oprah and like Howard Stern and we raised hundreds of hundreds, like $500,000 for homeless, uh, empty the shelters and the coalition for the homeless. And I did this whole project and that really what inspired me even more that I love just helping the world. Right. I and love it. I love so it. Then, Beautiful. Yeah. And then ended up, I was alone in New York. Right. And I grew up with like animals and I'm really real. You know what I mean? So I'm not like, you know, a New Yorker where I'm cold and like that kind of thing. I'm like really like deep and real. And I just love like life. And, and so I ended up, I was like, gosh, I'm going to go and my, you know, and at that time, my sister was like, you should go get a, you know, go adopt a dog. And I was like, yeah. So I went to the city shelter. And this is, I hate dating myself. Uh, this is 1999, right? At 1999, nobody, I'm not kidding you, had dogs in their commercials. Nobody was talking about animal rescue or adoption. 
And literally I go to the shelter and I adopt a purebred Maltese and a purebred Russian blue cat. And literally I come back home and I'm like having the best time with them. And I'm so happy, but I saw how awful the shelter system was, the city shelter system. And it was the ACC. And, you know, the city shelter system, you know, they don't get private donations and stuff like that. And they have to accept every dog. They get the worst reputation because they have to take the three-legged dog, the, the one-eyed dog, you know, all the shelters that are, you know, privately funded, they can choose. I want just like cute little dogs because it's easy to adopt, right? And so when I started doing my research, I realized there were 12 million animals euthanized a year. And I was like, why is nobody talking about this? Right. And nobody was. So from my experience in doing those cookbooks with Madonna and Aerosmith and all the celebrities, I was like, wow, if I bring celebrities and pop culture, right, because I did the cookbook of that and I knew, you know, pop culture. And so bring to the animal rescue world. I knew I could, you teach everyone, you could adopt any breed, any size, any age, right? And that you, to choose to adopt versus buy. And that's how I created Animal Fair Media, Fairness to Animals, with a little play on Vanity Fair, right? But like, so we've always put a select, like my first cover was, um, what was her name? Oh yeah, Renee Zelliger and her dog on the cover. And you know, I, I created the first media company and we launched, I created the very first pet fashion show in history called Pause for Style. I coined the term Yappy Hour, 10 books out, five TV shows, three Guinness World Records. I was on the Today Show once a month. I had a primetime show on CBS called Greatest American Dog. And then my whole life fell apart. I got a stalker. And I raised millions of dollars for animal rescue. I, I donated a wing to the Humane Society. And then I get a crazy stalker that like literally ruined my whole life. I, I, I smile about it, but it was really tough. You know what I mean? It was like, I was at the high. Resilience is amazing. And you know what? I'm so glad you're telling the story because uh, on the good, happy part of the story that you're telling is it's so true. If you just do what you love, everything falls into place and brings you joy. I mean, look at the joy it brought you to raise all that money and bring it to the pop yeah, culture like and it's the greatest gift in the world. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, to know, like, I mean, so many people every day is like, thank you for inspiring me to adopt a dog. Thank you. You know what I mean? Because of you, I did this. Or you, and you look at the people I, you know, like Howard Stern and Beth Stern bought their dog. And then they started coming to our animal rescue events that inspired them to start supporting the North Shore Animal League, you know? So there's a lot in the history of what, you know, I created that really has changed the world, right? Oh and God. so, you know, so, you know, I don't take all the credit because now 2 million animals are euthanized here. It's way down. Yeah. And so it's really exciting. That's incredible. Yeah. And so it's incredible. It just goes to show how one person can make an impact and not to say you didn't rally the troops and get a lot of people behind you because it takes a village, but it does take a ringleader to get the ball rolling. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. The stalker, I take it. Um, <laughs> that's what happened. So anyway, like, yeah. So I ended up like my whole life, it was like going really well. Right. right. And then, um, and then you, all the you shift what you were focused on. Like, how did you shift into the women's entrepreneur? Okay, yeah, I would have gone through it. So then I ended up getting, you know, a lot, I, I finally can smile and talk about it because I, I remember like four or five years ago, someone would have asked me to speak and I bring it up and I start hysterically crying. Right. Because my whole life, you know, I invested my whole life in creating what I did in the animal rescue world, right? And I mean, literally two decades, right? And then all of a sudden one person 
can create 50 anonymous email addresses to defame and slander you and your whole life can fall apart, right? And, but you know, I look back on that and I'm like, it was the greatest gift. Took me a lot of years to figure that out, right? But anyway, so I ended up, um, uh, you know, at that time when that all happened, my father got really ill. So I ended up going back home to Ohio taking care of my father. Um, that was really great because I could, you know, had solace with everything and forgave everything that happened in my past. It was really phenomenal. Uh, and one thing I said to my, my dad, I was like, thank you for being so crazy. Because if you weren't so crazy, I wouldn't be who I am today, you know? So yeah. it's like really like one of those things, you know? And so then ended up when he passed away, I ended up making a commitment to myself because I, you know, I'm a Virgo. I'm super passionate. And so when I get into something, I really just get into it. I love it. And I could work 24 hours a day and do it um, that I would, you know, give myself and travel to two new countries a year for the rest of my life. And so because of that, um, I ended up, um, I ended up calling, you know, Amex, where can I fly? You know, I have all these miles. They said, oh, Honduras, it's the only place you can fly to for free, you know, on miles. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. And I didn't realize it was the murder capital of the world, but I ended up going anyways, because I'm not hanging out with the drug dealers that are causing the murder capital. And so I ended up uh, going to Honduras on vacation. And from there, I was at a boutique hotel in the jungle and I was watching birds for two days with all these people from um, England that are bird watchers. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go cuckoo myself if I don't if I don't, you know, if I don't get out of here, do something else. And all those people from England are willing to risk their lives to watch these rare birds that are in you know, Honduras. You know, and I was like, ah. and so anyways, ended up. Ended up, uh, the guy from the hotel was like, you know, there's an organization that gives microloans to poor women. Why don't you go? It's a couple hour drive. It's safe. I know the development director. Go check it out. And I'm like, sure, you know, I love adventure. And so I ended up, you know, taking that journey, learning all about the stats of women in business and about the microloans. You know, 1% of venture dollars at the time were, were going towards women founders. These women getting these microloans were paying them back at a 98% rate. 90% of that money was going back to their families and providing education for their children, uplifting the entire communities. You know, when women are empowered in business, they have, um, you know, self-confidence and dignity. They don't allow human rights violations. Like it just all, this, all this stuff was going in my head and learning and through this journey. And I ended up, you know, meeting all these phenomenal women. I was supposed to spend a couple, three hours. I spent days on a dirt floor and I met these women getting these hundred dollar microloans. And these women were making like a buck a day, you know what I mean? And they, I, and one woman was 72 years old and she had three little kids. I'm like, how'd you have these little kids? And she said, you know, her daughter passed away. The husband ran off and she was responsible for her three grandchildren. And Adelante, this organization in Honduras that has this amazing program providing these microloans, gave her $100 and she opened up one window in her one room hut, you know, with a dirt floor and was selling Cokes and toothpaste and was able to spend a dollar a month for those kids to go to school. And each story was like that, you know? And so that's what inspired me, you know, to say, wow, I'm going to do what I did in the animal world by simplifying the message because everybody in the world wants to help, right? So if you knew you could adopt any breed, any size, any age, you would choose to adopt and buy, right? Well, the same thing I said, my God, if we could create like just a simplified movement in the women's world to, to teach everyone that you know, if you can empower women in business, we can alleviate poverty. Because one of the stats I learned were 250 million girls were living in poverty, right? And so I was like, whoa, I'm, you know, when I went back to New York, I was excited again. I was like, you know, I'm gonna create a day in the world 
right? Because if you create a day, people start talking about it, right? So I created Women's Entrepreneurship Day and I got Governor Cuomo of New York and Mayor de Blasio to proclaim the day. And then I went to all my friends around the world. And I was mentioning, you know, like during college, I met all these people and all that. And I said, who, you know, all around the world, I went, who in your country is the greatest person to represent our movement, to bring governments, business leaders, civil society together, to collaborate, to find solutions, to uplift women in business. So we created toolkits and made it really easy for people to make impacts and create our movement. And that's how we created Women's Entrepreneurship Day and how we created our organization that's now in 144 countries. That's amazing. And you have actual live events. Is it in New York and LA? Yeah. Oh, no, no. All over the world. We like the world. No, yeah, wow. yeah. So what I did, so think about TED, you know, TED Talks. TED Talks yes. where people speak about ideas and themselves. Yes. Instead, we bring governments, business leaders, civil society together to collaborate, to find solutions to uplift women in business. Wow. So now, I've... you know, now we're recognized every year by Congress. And, you know, they and put in the congressional record. And we, so we have events. We have a big event every year at the United Nations. And then everybody has events at each. Anyone who's our ambassador that represents our movement and has our toolkit and blah, 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 get, they have that, and, you know, so they can do it in their own countries and everything. So that's what I say. We're celebrated in 144 countries, November 19th, which is the official day all the world, you know, you'll see, if you Google it, you'll be like, holy cow, you know, so we're like in Botswana, we're in Mongolia, we're in Saudi Arabia, we're in Honduras, we're all over the world. That is amazing. What is the website that everybody can visit to learn about that and participate? Uh, womensedae.org. So womensedae.org. Love it. Womensedae.org. I'm sure we'll put that on the screen. Um, this is incredible. Your life is just one amazing story. I can see why you wrote 10 books, although most people have a hard time writing one. So I'm totally- Those were, Well, my books were like how to train, how to train your boss to roll over or like how to understand men through their dogs, you know, humor books, right? Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'll, I'll kind of end it where like I am today and stuff. So we're, we're also, our organization is launching and has launched Choose Women. So if you go to choosewomen.org, which to ask everyone in the world, the Wednesday after Thanksgiving to choose women, you know how there's Giving Tuesday, yes. uh, Black Friday, uh, Small Business Saturday, to make that Wednesday the day to support women, whether it's women in business, women in finance, women in politics, women in arts, women in health, whatever it is, to celebrate and to choose women. And so that's one of our initiatives. And then like, you know, then, you know, we're an all volunteer movement, right? So I don't even get paid. So like, it's like, so I ended up, you know, in 2016, a volunteer of mine uh, invited me to a lunch. And that's where I learned about Bitcoin and Ethereum. So now I'm super, you know, into the whole, you know, impact space and blockchain. And now I'm part of about 20 impact companies and four funds. And we're working on literally changing the world, whether it's working on the largest regenerative farming project in the entire world in India with 6 million farmers or working on energy and so forth. So now I just feel like, you know, working on just really amazing, you know, programs that are really helping and empowering women around the world. I love that. And I remember you're on the board of uh, Global Women in Blockchain, who we just had on the show. Woohoo! 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm you know, and I just and I'm on the board of um, Ellis Island um, Honor Society, so that's like an amazing thing because I, you know, I believe everyone, you know, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for our grandparents or our parents or whatever. Because I like we're all immigrants, and so I just feel like it's such an important thing to just teach the world and you know be a representative to be to to basically say freedom. Uh, freedom of speech, freedom of rights, freedom of human rights, and just to be able to live in a democracy. I love that. I love your energy. I love your passion and I love your vision. Thank you so much for sharing it on social media. How can people find you besides hashtag choose women, which I love. Um, Yeah, you can just, I mean, I have a website, wendydiamond.com and that's where you'll see everything I do and you can see my social media there. But if, if you Google, you'll get it funny, you know, you'll be like, She's funny. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, we will be following you and keeping tabs on what you're doing. Um, the Women's Entrepreneurship Day is something everybody should become a part of and look into all over the world. And we do reach people in other countries on the show. So um, we want them to reach out to you and be a part of that amazing entity. Wendy, thank you so much for all the work you're doing in the world to help support women and animals. You're amazing. Keep doing the great work. And thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Grateful, grateful. Stay in trouble. Yes. Everybody, <laughs> and remember to invest in her. Make it a great week and follow She Angel Investors as well. And look for Wendy Diamond. Thank you and make it a great week. Bye bye. Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.